What is up, everybody? This is Jeff Needs Sports. I'm Jeff. I got my partner, Dan Felton, with me tonight. This is our giant, colossal Super Bowl preview. Y'all know by now, Dan is a huge Rams fan, um, You know, hence the intro, but uh, we're happy for him. I haven't talked to him since the NFC Championship game. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see how many years he thinks he has left on this earth after this playoff run, but uh, thanks to everybody for watching. Thanks, everybody, for listening, and uh, we're, we're going to have a good time. Dan, how are you, man? I'm I'm good. That was a hell of an intro. I was, I, I was amped up. Now I'm ready to go. Like I need one of those every I, I, time now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought I thought you deserved that. Like uh, oh, you've I, you've you've been patient all season. I cursed you a couple times. <laughs> I think I've completely completely reversed the curse now, and I think I'm a good luck charm. I feel good I about so. that. Uh, so I yeah, I, I want to do something special for you, and mainly I would I just wanted to get the energy up in here. I wore yeah. I wore Rams blue for you. Uh, my say. son's gonna my son will slap me in the face the second he sees me. Uh, I'm not saying <laughs> I did not say I'm rooting for anybody particular right. or anything. I was just doing it as a courtesy to my guests because that's the type of guy I am. I was gonna say you got some uh, Ohio roots there that might be conflicting uh, you for you. Think? Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, just my mother and my son. No, 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 no. You know, no, me, no, 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 no big deal. Uh, no, yeah, it's it is back a big deal. I'm, I'm glad to, I'm glad to swing by here and do a little, uh, do a little Super Bowl preview. Uh, this is such a, this is such a rare experience to have the chance to come and do a, a, a yes. podcast as a guest to talk about my own football team going into a Super Bowl. For, for it, it's thing. wild. And I get it, man, because, you know, I'm a, you know, obviously my number one, you know, passion is a high state Buckeyes. And I got to do national championship previews, you know, last year and also experience. So actually two years in a row, I was doing a podcast and the Buckeyes are in the playoffs. So I kind of get where you're coming from. It's, 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 um, you know, at, at this point, you realize you can't take anything for granted. We're going to talk about we're going to talk about some teams yeah. later on in the show. So if anybody listening right now, after we, we're going to do we're going to do the Rams report like we always do. We're going to do the right. Super Bowl preview. Um, and then after that, we're going to also do our dynasties that didn't happen, basically, like, you know, yeah. the teams we thought we were going to be great forever didn't turn out that way. Maybe some of the reasons why. So stick around for that. It's going to be really cool. And um, so at this point, I know you realize you were you were just a child, you know, when your Rams won their last yeah. Super Bowl. Yeah. You know, you saw the defeat and everything. So I would imagine at this point you appreciate everything that's happening. You're taking it all in. But I got to ask you, man, like you got to take me through this NFC championship game because <laughs> it's been just long enough that I kind of forgot how it like 
to me, to me, how exciting it was and how much, yeah. how much, how wild and crazy the game was. So, uh, I want to. I want to. I want to see it through Dan's eyes, like <laughs> where you're at, what you're doing. Who won't talk to you now because of everything? Something you said. Well, no, it, it's it, the first thing is that you know I was here before the NFC Championship game talking with you about it, and and I thought I thought they played the Rams played absolutely. Shout out to your buddy Mo, by the way. Thanks for stopping by. Yeah, I, I love showing up. I love the feedback. But the, the, we played exactly into their hands. That that. The way the game unfolded for for two and a half, almost three full quarters was the worst possible set of events that they that, that the Rams could have possibly play. I thought I still think Sean McVay that they won in spite of him and his coaching. <laughs> you, you I you, you and Sean McVay have a complicated relationship. We do, we do. And but look, I, I got nothing but love for the guy. I mean, I, I just before the show, I I you know searching the Super Bowl, it it's got like if you Google it right now, it's got the the records of the teams for the full year, including playoffs, and it says the Rams are fifteen and five, right, in twenty games. And I thought fifteen wins in since September <laughs> is incredible for a fan of the Rams because I went and looked it up. Between 2000, if you if you count all the games they won between 2007, <laughs> 8, 9, 10, and 11, they won 15 games. So I've seen like, many games in five months than I at one point saw in five years. Those so years I, hurt I you so bad. Those years damaged you so bad. It left a mark. But I thought the Chris, I, I, the Chris, the Chris Long uh, dynasty did not happen for you. Oh, man. <laughs> real, I, I hate to use the whole like real fans, but like real Rams fans can name players from that area that are just, you know, random nobodies that came and went that. <laughs> That at the time, like I remember, I remember thinking Ronald Bartel was like the greatest corner we had had in like years, and I was like, "God, this guy's gonna be great." Like, no idea what happened to him, but you know, it, they they played so poorly in the first half, and they played right into San Francisco's hands. They they basically San Francisco dictated the first half of the game, and the Rams played right along with it. They didn't necessarily force turnovers or anything like that on on them. I mean, there was the interception in the end zone, which was really just a, a very good defensive play to, to tip the ball tip it up and then have another player, you know, catch it and run it back. Things really kind of fell against the Rams after that. Cause I mean, it would have been a quick touchdown to start. And instead it was, you know, dead even in San Francisco got control, but midway through the second quarter, I, I pretty much was in a point where I thought this is going to be the worst experience of my life. <laughs> I'm going to have to listen to Niners fans all year. They're never going to stop. This is the, this is the big upset. They're only here because we blew the week 18 game to let them into yes. the playoffs. Um, and then, and then it was just basically, you know, football, the fun, the thing that I love about football always is that, you know, 60 minute, it's such a cliche, but a 60 minute football game is, is 60 minutes for a reason because it's never the same from the start to the finish. And, and the, the talent of the Rams just prevailed in the last 15 minutes of the game. Like the, the Niners just weren't able to get away with doing what they had been doing. They had to put the ball in Jimmy Garoppolo's hands, which finally in the fourth quarter, the Rams managed to dictate the game enough to to make the Niners play the way they the Rams wanted them to play and, and to get away from the running game. Uh, you know, as much as I'm criticizing Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan, yet another yet another double digit lead in a yeah. major game blown. It's it's starting to become a bit of his reputation. So my heart rate was through the roof as I as I told <laughs> I told my buddy Chico, who's a Bengals fan, and he said the same thing about watching the AFC Championship. That I, I felt physically ill after the game was over. <laughs> like the tension release was like it was I such a great, it was such a great day. 
incredible, incredible game. I, I don't know. Thinking about this one versus the New Orleans NFC Championship a few years ago, I don't know which one was more emotionally draining, but uh, I think it's probably this one. And there's no, there's no so, referee that we can fall back on either. So I, I don't like at the time. I remember. I mean, I've done shows about it and everything, but I'm just a few of the plays that stood out in my head was, um, you know, the the Cooper Cup. You know, the 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 huge pass play to yes. get him down into into yeah. field goal range was great. Again, Cup comes up big. Stafford comes up big. Um, and a question I have for you: How did you think? Because this is what this is yeah. what this Super Bowl revolves around. There's 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 no reason to skirt around this. How did you think Stafford played in that game? We already we've already talked about how he played against Tampa Bay. Yeah. We we both gave him a you know a very positive rating. How did you sure. think he played as objectively as you can be in that uh, game? Hey, look, you get you, one thing about me is I'm a diehard Rams fan, but I am I am never above being objective. I'm not. And that's I'm why never, you're here, man. I'm never a homer when it comes to my guys. If anything, I'm a complete jerk. You are the, you're the, all the time. Yeah, you're the Rams version of me. I, I promise. Yeah. I get it. I, that being said, I thought he played. I thought he played as good as he could against the way the, the Niners played a great game defensively. I mean, they, they didn't necessarily force turnovers, but they, they just did the same thing that they, that beat Aaron Rodgers that, that shut down that, un, you know, unstoppable Cowboys offense and all that stuff. So, you know, I thought Stafford again showed that, you know, like I said, over a 60 minute football game, if you think you've got this guy cornered, he repeatedly in his career shows that you don't, that, that, it's just, you know, it's a couple of bing, bang, boom passes to really open it up. That third down to Cooper Cup is oh. the play of the year to me. And and maybe the player who deserves all the praise in the world is Sony Michelle, because on that play, Cooper Cup gets jammed hard at the line. He does a little sort of zig out and across. He's draped in coverage. So Stafford delivers an absolute dime and Cup makes sort of a like an over shoulder catch with a guy draped on him. And then great yak player that he is breaks the tackle and gets another 20 and sets up the game winning field goal. But it only happens because Sony Michelle, who's a great pass pro running back identifies a blitz season yeah. linebacker coming straight into Matt Savage's face, puts his head right into the guy, takes a shot and gives Stafford that extra half a second to deliver that throw. Well, let's think about that it. That I mean, where, it doesn't where, happen. look at where Michelle came from. Like that's, that's what they do. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? That's what that's yeah. yeah. That's what he's learned. I, and I thought when we'll talk about this here in a few minutes. Sure. When I when when they got Michelle, this is exactly the type of player that I thought they were getting, yeah. and it paid off. Um, yeah. I thought Stafford played really good. Cup just always plays good. I thought Donald. I think we've said this a couple of weeks ago that this is Donald's playoffs. I really think that yeah. for his this is Donald's playoffs. I thought he played great. Um, you well, know, obviously, didn't, I mean, they didn't even sack. They actually didn't finish the game with a sack, if I remember now. It, they it, it was amazing. Didn't actually, get one. But the the like I said, the fourth quarter of the game, they is when the levy just kind of broke. San Francisco did such a good job of protecting Garoppolo, uh, which he needs clearly because he's he's not really a guy who's going to make the play on his own. But when it got to the fourth quarter, you suddenly saw, and maybe it was the speech Aaron Donald gave to the defense. Or something, but all of a sudden they just it just started to crack enough that they pressured Garoppolo, and that made all the difference in the end. So I mean, it's just it was just persistence on on their part to to keep getting after him. And finally, I, I, I was really impressed of how they stuck they stuck with it. They stuck with their game plan. They stuck yeah. with what's got them there. They stuck. They just like you said, the let the talent prevail. Um, sure. all, all those things. They didn't knee jerk. Stafford didn't collapse again <laughs> yeah. for the yeah. for the third game in a row. You know, huge, ginormous game in a row. Just yeah. just all the little things they did. But I got I got to ask you, man. 
the the um, the we all we all know the other play of the game is the not interception. Like right. just it. The, first of all, Stafford made the right read. Like the the, sure. the, the, the Jeff, it was Jefferson, correct? Yes. I believe Jefferson. Yep. Jefferson yep. was open. Stafford can make that throw. I don't know what happened, and everybody oh. pounces. But so he you got to take me take me through this. Struggled. I don't know if there's going to be something after the years over that that we come through because. It, he has struggled to hit those deep shots from about the fifth or sixth week of the season onwards. He's I've thrown he's a hurt. lot of ducks. Well, that's what I keep hearing too. And I, and you know, last year with Jared Goff, my big, I even came on your show and said this, the biggest problem with the Rams offense last year was that they couldn't take the top off of defense. And, and Stafford solves that problem just by his arm strength, but they haven't been able to do that. And it's one of the things I worry about going to the Super Bowl is that if, if Cincinnati safety's, come down and play a little closer and we can't take the top off. It's a problem. That being said, you're right. He was open. It was the right read. It was a terrible throw for whatever reason. He just hasn't been able to get his body into those deep balls this year. And it, it it's it just almost a disaster. I mean, what are you, what are you thinking about? Like, are you the type of guy that here's what I said? Here's what, here's what I, cause this is how I watch football. Um, as soon as it bounces off Tart's chest and hits the ground, I know they want to talk about it for the next yeah. three weeks. I went, it's a drop. Well, let's move on. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, I'm a, I'm well, a, let me just, just, let me just say, what I'm saying. everyone is pointing out that throw by Stafford, and that's fair. It should have been an interception. Mm-hmm. And who, and honestly, the odds of winning, the game wasn't over. There's still plenty of time in the fourth. No, there quarter. was a 10, 10 minutes, I believe. Anything could have happened. We don't know. But to, you know, keep in mind, Joe Burrow rolled out of the pocket against Kansas City and threw one of the dumbest passes I've ever seen this season of a guy who was throwing a football away, but instead threw five yards right at a linebacker who made a sliding catch but was out of bounds. I don't know if anybody remembers this play. He was rolling to the sideline. Instead of throwing it away, he threw a little dink, like five-yard pass inbounds right at a Kansas City linebacker who who caught it but was out of bounds catching it. Like That was almost an incredibly stupid turnover yeah. as well. I haven't heard anything about that all week. Wait, because it is it because, wait, 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 let's just do this. Is it because Joe Burrow has so much swag? <laughs> is, it he's, is it because he's so cool? <laughs> Probably. I, go, I, look, I mean, the, the narrative I'm of the you down this road. You can't avoid no, please, it. I, I'm happy to, which is, then I, you know, I think the narratives of, of sports are always funny. And I think in the Super Bowl, the fact that the Rams are so talent heavy and, are, and have been yeah. the favorites in a lot of ways for a lot of people for months. And the Bengals are, are such a, are such an under, not even an underdog necessarily because I think they've proven themselves, but they're unexpected. I mean, I, yeah. I came on your show uh, like the fourth week of the season and said, I expect them to win eight games and probably miss the playoffs. And I'm eating my words now. I'm happy to, but uh, it, it, I think the way the media is, covering minute, I believe you are, also, I believe you also requested the Bengals as a Super Bowl opponent. I got to bring I it up. I would love, I would love to. So I'm half right, half wrong. That's great. But the the way the media is sort of is portraying this week is there's a lot of uh, like lifting the Bengals up in the way that they talk about them and Joe Burrow and a lot of playing the Rams down. And I, I, yeah. I was wondering about it the other day that if it's, if the the actual analysis of it is that this is a mismatch in favor of the Rams and they want it to seem like it's a little bit more of an even bout, mm-hmm. I actually think it is an even bout any way you slice it. But it seems to be that that there's a lot of stories about how good the Bengals are, how great Joe Burrow is, you know, his swag and his attitude, which he's got. Yeah. And there's a lot of talk about ah oh, Stafford still hasn't proven himself somehow. It seems it seems like there's sort of the media narrative is leveling the teams out a little Absolutely. bit for absolutely. 
which I, you know, I, I could care less what media narrative. Right. That's is. what they do. That's what they do. Yeah, it's a money business. It's all they're in for. But, you know, it, it is what it is, really. Both quarterbacks are, are talented. They both can move. They're both mobile. They wear the same damn jersey number. Even there's a lot of similarities between the two of yeah. them. They're both tough. They're, they're both, you know, they both don't get flustered at all by a game going against them. You know, it's it's one of the more intriguing quarterback battles, I think, in the Super Bowl. I think, yeah, I do. I like I like it too. I like this version of, and because me and uh, Mo Murphy talked about this on my last show, this this is a fun Super Bowl, and you know, yeah. as, as far as like if you're not a passionate fan from either side, this is just kind of fun, and the the storylines are great. But this is it because as soon as it's over, it's either you know, or a Cincinnati dynasty. Uh, can the Rams win back to back? Are the Rams a failure? Uh, yep. Is Cincinnati a flu? Like it, it starts the second the Super Bowl's over, then yep. the 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 next year's narratives have already put in place. So, but I do like the, I love this matchup. I like so many players in it that really like would love to win a Super Bowl. I mean, it just goes oh, on man. and on and on, like Ramsey and Donald and all these guys. So, I, I think it's a cool matchup. So let's yeah. so we get we get the field goal. Are you, you're happy when the field goal goes through? Okay, the, winning, the winning one, I thought, the, the one that put them ahead, I thought it was actually the first moment that I actually thought to myself, I think we're going to win this I game. I think you're going to do it. Because even when we were coming back, once we were 17 to 14, I was still like head and hands like, oh my God, we're, it's not, oh, not going to happen. Oh, it was misery completely. So it wasn't until we kicked the one to go ahead and kicked it back to them. And then they started, they lined up in shotgun with Jimmy Garoppolo. And I thought, I think we're. I think we've got this. I think if <laughs> so, they're going to put it in his hands, we've got this. So, so take me through the interception. Uh, they, they, you know, they, um, they rush Garoppolo. They upset him yeah. in the pocket. He, he does some for on third down for some unknown reason. He tries to flip the ball to not take yeah. the sack. Uh, yeah. One of the, it's just a really, really bad decision, bad play by Garoppolo. He intercept the ball. I don't remember who intercepted that. I forget. It Draven, wasn't Raven Howard. Who who has played yes. really really good football in the playoffs? By the way, yes yes, really really do like him. He intercepts it. The second he intercepts it, like take me through like the next thirty seconds of Dan's life. <laughs> uh, complete blur. I had to watch. Did I had you to have watch to apologize? How many people did you have to apologize to? <laughs> I didn't. Uh, I had to apologize to every person I was texting during the game. That's but, right. Um, I my girlfriend was there, and I I. I don't remember if I started crying from relief or not. I can't recall something resembling that. Some sort of manly sob took me over where I was like, (laughs) something like that. But it was, it was, it was just a blur. Like I couldn't believe that all my misery of the last few hours. What's weird too, when you're the second game, you know, like as soon as the game's, as soon as that happens, you know who you're playing. Like, so you already start thinking about like matchups and this and that and all these things. Well, again, I, you know, one of my, my, one of my oldest friends, my buddy Chico, who is a a wonderful sports reporter and, and somebody that everybody out there should, should be following on Twitter and, and checking out his stuff too. And, and he's the only Bengals fan I know. He is, the most diehard Bengals fan. Uh, he, I mean, he is a huge Bengals fan. So immediately to text him and and be like, I guess this is it for us. Like, we've been he's been waiting forever, and and I've you know I I'm always waiting to see my team win. So I you know I texted him today and told him this is like a Shakespearean tragedy, right? Like one of us on Somebody Sunday has to lose. Be, yeah, someone's got to be miserable and someone's got to be overjoyed, and then we both have to live with the outcome. So. Uh, it's sad. I, I, w- I would really love to root for the Bengals and, and I would in any other circumstance. Yeah, I'd right. 
Bengals, but not this time. Unfortunately. I think a lot of people are like that. Uh, you know, as, as far as this goes, I think there's a lot of people that are like, um, you know, I, I can feel good for both teams now. Well, let's, let's get into this. Here's the narrative. Sure. Here's the narrative. You've got one team that's perceived as the quote unquote dream team, you know, the LeBron style team. They're, yeah. they're built. They brought in free agents. They traded all their picks away. And me and you have talked, I bet three times about how we don't give a shit about draft picks. If you're going to get me nope. to a Super Bowl, um, you got the Bengals who actually did it the traditional way. Nobody will say this, but it's because their owners are so cheap and won't pay for anything that they would never, ever trade anything away because they wouldn't want to pay a superstar. So you got yeah. the Bengals who uh, mo- like almost all their best players are important players, not best players, because there's so many different. Yep. You got Burrow who was drafted. You got Chase who was drafted. Again, both of them drafted because the team was bad. Yeah, T. And, T. And, Higgins and, too, and a couple of good seconds. Boyd and Joe Mixon were both really good, sort of yeah. mid round picks as well. And so, what I'm getting at here is, though, and I always say this, you know, when they're saying like, "Well, that's the right way to do it." Well, what were the Rams so, supposed to do for the last six years? Be bad? Like that's the answer? Is like, don't be good. So, well, and the, I mean, and then, for one, there's a stat. There's a stat that I've got ready for you here, Jeff, are, which is that okay. in the last two off seasons. Up. Oh okay, no, go yeah. ahead. I'm ready. I'm going to gonna finish up, and then I'm going to turn you loose yep. for this because yep. this is. Um, <laughs> and then the other, the others, you know, players in the Bengals that weren't really drafted are guys yeah. that were um, not on the scrap heap, so to speak, but like didn't fit with the team that drafted them. You know, sure. you got Von, you got Von Bell who just didn't yep. mix it up. You got Mike Eli Morgan. Apple who's yeah. who's went through their whole secondary trot. is almost their, their entire secondary. By the way, really Jesse awesome. Bates, great, great postseason. Yep. I, I really like that scene. but. So they built their team off um, bargain in the draft, yep. and yep. it's worked. It, it has worked. Uh, that sure. traditionally has not worked because the Bengals have been bad for a long time, so it hasn't worked. The Rams were like, we need pieces to the puzzle because we've got the coach. You know, yep. we've got we've got uh, you know generational talents at a couple positions. We we cannot waste this. Which again, we're going to talk about dynasties that didn't make this decision later. So the Rams went the other way. Said we don't care about draft picks. Get me the guys. We're going to win now. We're all in. So now now Dan, you just just go, man. Give it to so, us. Give us the assorted the, goods the, version of how to build stat- an NFL team. The stat that, that blew my mind this week was that in the last two off-seasons, I've got it right here. Between the Rams and the Bengals, the Rams have signed 10 players over the past two off-seasons in free agency, spent $36 million. That is dead last in the NFL for free agency spending. The Cincinnati Bengals have signed 32 players in two years, spent $271 million. That's the fourth most. So, But the, the narrative of buying your team, I mean, buying with assets is not the same as just buying free agents. And, 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 and honest to God, this isn't the MLB in the national football league. There's a hard cap, which means that everyone's playing with the same hand. It's not buying. You can't buy a championship in the NFL. Really? It's not possible. It's not the Yankees. This isn't the Yankees. You got to maneuver a lot of pieces to do something like what the Rams have done. And, and I think, I think Les Snead is the best by far the best general manager in the national football league. And he has been for a very, very long time to get him a championship above all the players. I think validating Les Snead's career from for the last decade through Jeff Fisher, now through Sean McVay, he's, he's, he's easily the best GM I've seen in my lifetime do anything of the sort. He's acquired so much talent and, and has drafted so many players in the second, third, fourth, fifth rounds that have, have either been key contributors to the Rams over the years or have 
played well enough on their on their rookie contracts to then cash in huge elsewhere. And there and in on top of that, all the guys who cash in somewhere else, the Rams have the best understanding of the compensation pick system than anybody. Getting Von Miller and OBJ is either winning us a Super Bowl, which we're almost there and just might be the case. But if they both leave, we get compensation picks for both of them, which will probably be third round picks. We don't care about first round picks. Cooper Cup was a third round pick. Cam Akers was a second round pick. You know, Van Jefferson was a second round pick. We, most of the players contributing on the Rams are actually homegrown players. Most of the roster is homegrown is from top to bottom. It's, I it's, just yeah, made a note. We, I just made a note at where we're at so I can. I can mark this point for everybody. Well, when when Dan I dropped love, the mic, when Dan I love dropped the, the way they the build Bengals. the team because in all sports, in all sports, every time a team tries to build uh, an organization from homegrown drafted talent and all that stuff, that it never works unless you infuse it with veterans. Even the Bengals, the Bengals would not be where they are without those thirty-two players. I mean, if you had just marched T Higgins and 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 Jamar Chase. And Joe Burrow out there and gone, all right, you guys are talented. They probably would have won six games. But it's the fact that they infuse their secondary with veteran talent, guys who know what they're doing, guys who understand how to play defense. Eli Apple's turned his career around. Mike Hilton was a pretty underrated player in Pittsburgh. Jesse Bates, a homegrown player of theirs, is, is I think, up with Kevin Byard as the two best safeties in the NFL right now. You know, they, they've got talent on their roster, but they weren't going to get this far just waiting for you know young guys to come up and, and get better over the years. They injected a shitload of talent into that roster in just a couple of seasons under a new staff. And 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 you know Zach Taylor's done an amazing job. He's my pick for coach of the year. I think that's I think that's a runaway, honestly, in that category. But you know, the the narrative of team building is really funny to me just in that regard. Like yes, the Rams have picked up obviously great players, but we didn't get them for nothing. You know, there there actually haven't really been a lot of marquee free agent signings since Whitworth and Robert Woods five years ago. It's it really hasn't been that way. So yeah, this this interesting to see the, that. Um, I, like this wasn't the um when I, I couldn't tell you the year, probably like two thousand what, 2010, maybe Philadelphia Eagles, the dream team. Yes. Um, yeah. Vince Young, Michael Vick, and all that. This wasn't that. But, yeah, but two I quarterbacks. What, I never understood that. So. <laughs> yeah, it was so weird. <laughs> I love what you said, though. Like, the, you have a salary cap. Like, you're all deal. So, essentially, what you're saying is like, we're, like, you're playing, you're playing poker. Like, you get these cards, sure. you get these cards. It's how you play them. Now, here's the, I, I totally agree with everything you said. I loved it because I, I, I'm so tired of this narrative of like, this isn't the Kansas City Royals versus the New York Yankees. These yeah, are no. so what you're really saying, actually, if you're the way the Bengals have done it, if you're like pro Bengals philosophy, what you're actually saying is we want to reward our owner for not trying as hard and, and not doing as many things to try and get yeah. over the hump. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you straight up, Mike Brown does not deserve to go to a Super Bowl. I've seen what he's done. I live in Ohio. I, I know so many fans. Yeah. I've seen what he's done the last decades with this team and he's just making money hand over now, fist. If I'm not mistaken though, hasn't he ceded a little bit of control over player personnel uh, in the last few years, yes. if I'm not mistaken? So so it looks like, I mean, every football team, especially football, most of all, it begins well, yeah, at the very, very, very top. Because oh. you see what a franchise is worth now. You can turn over some control when the Cincinnati Bengals are worth over oh, $3 billion. Well, <laughs> like, but I mean, helps. even you, you're a Dolphins fan. I mean, the, Dude, the ownership there started. is absolutely don't, terrible. Don't give me, Washington's you know ownership. Because he's, well, he's from Michigan. He's from Michigan. 
<laughs> so don't even get me. Don't sidetrack the whole me here, thing. That's the whole thing. Yeah, that's good. Don't sidetrack me here. Um, yeah, that that you know Ross is the same way. Like all this knee jerk. Yeah. Ross is a wannabe Jerry Jones. Jerry Jones. Jerry Jones got lucky and yeah. and hired the right guy and let Jimmy Johnson. If if he if Jerry Jones doesn't hire Jimmy Johnson, he's Stephen Ross. Like that. That's right. what I'm telling well, you. Well, right and then now. you see in the years in the years where he decided he wanted to be more of a hands on owner. You they, mean the last twenty six? Yeah. Well, they they tanked, but in the last three or four years, when he ceded some control to his son, got now better. they've gotten better again. And the Bengals yeah. are the same thing. They finally have kind of wrestled away some of that yes. conservative, boring. You know, they stuck with a coach who who was should who, who was like the Jeff Fisher effect. How is he keeping this job, winning seven games a year? They finally have kind of opened it up management management wise. And look, they spent two hundred and seventy million dollars. They've infused a young roster of talent. I I love the way the Bengals have built their team. Yes, really. They they've got all these young guys on rookie contracts. You might as well spend all the money you want on all the other players right now and let those guys do what they're going to do. And then, and obviously, in two or three years, you're going to have to let a bunch of them walk. Pay Burrow, pay Chase, pay T Higgins, pay these guys. And then you're going to have to build it the other way. You're going to have to get cheaper veterans. They're going to have to fill the roster with, with in a in a different way. They're they have done as much as they can with what they have, and they've done it. They've done a really damn good job doing it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I have them now. So so here's the kickback. Here's this okay. is what everybody says, and and um, I'll, you know, I'll give you my stance, and this will kind of this will kind of lead us into some other things. But sure. here's the kickback. Everybody says. This I don't know how many times you've heard it this year, but the Rams have financed their future. Like basically, it doesn't matter what happens this year. The no. next ten years no. are are nope. devastating, and the nope. Bengals are did it the right way. So basically, what they're saying is, oh, the Bengals might lose the Super Bowl, but they're going to win the next twenty. With um, the the only thing the Rams have mortgaged is a couple of first round picks, and frankly, th- those are I mean, they're all going to be late first round picks, and. Frankly, first round picks, I think, are the most overrated thing in sports by miles. And the teams that keep infusing themselves with, oh, we traded, you know, look, Cleveland Browns have picked three first round guys like three <laughs> times in the last decade and they still stink. You Cleveland know, the Browns Vikings picked three Deshaun first round Kaiser. Picks the Cleveland Browns picked the Sean Kaiser. Doesn't matter like what you do with it. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't matter how many you have if you're a terrible evaluator of talent yeah. and you don't have a good coaching staff and you don't have good management. You could have all 32 first round picks and. Yeah end up still being in the toilet. The, the so, Dolphins just did that. The Dolphins literally made one of the best trades in NFL history um, yeah. with the Houston Texans. Got rid of um, uh, Tunsil. Uh, yes, Jeremy, thank you. Jeremy Tunsil, yeah. But they used that pick. We don't know if it's going to work out into a Super Bowl, so then it, it's, it's already gone. That pick's gone. So yeah. now it's like... Look what okay. the Jacksonville Jaguars have done with their the Jalen Ramsey trade. <laughs> Nothing. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. If you closed, follow, man, if you follow the picks from the trades, they don't amount to a lot. Here's what here's what everybody goes back to: It's the Herschel Walker trade. There's no sure. argument there. <laughs> Dallas Cowboys I, yeah. made more out of out of one trade than any team has ever done in NFL history. Well, yeah, they and they so, picked like five Hall of Famers in those drafts. You know, yes. it, it, that that's the key point of that trade was and that they everybody went and picked goes, a bunch of Hall of Famers. What, 19, 1988, 89, I, I think 88, 88, 88 yeah. or 89. So yeah. everybody just goes back to that. And I'm like, well, yeah. things have changed. Like, it helps it, like, when you take the all-time leading rusher, a three-time Super Bowl yeah. champion quarterback, one of the great receivers of his generation. You know, it really helps to do that. And, and again, like I said before, 
you know, the Rams don't have first round picks. So what? We're going to we're going to lose a bunch of guys with free agency and you're going to get a bunch of third round picks in return for that. You know, and and probably, you know, in the next year or two, he should hopefully Raheem Morris should get a coaching opportunity Two more third round picks when he gets a, a head coaching job, too. They're going to have so many mid round picks. They don't Bro, care. Let me tell you, the Dolphins haven't been in a Super Bowl in 38 years now. Not um, that you're counting or anything, but <laughs> right. So my point being is. Like there is no like I, the Browns have never been in one. Like there's so many sure. teams that have never like either never been in one or been hadn't been in one in decades. Like yeah. this this whole thing about like judging the Rams because they traded for players. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like it doesn't make it. Uh, you want me to you want me to name the first round picks we had for years who who could barely play football period and and maybe I don't even think got another contract in the league. I've seen first round. I do picks if you have. Them. I do if uh, you have. Them. Alex Barron, right tackle, god awful. Ty Hill, corner out of Clemson, who was like five I foot really seven. Really like that guy. I thought he that was, guy was going to be awesome. He was terrible. Could could barely cover an NFL receiver. Uh, Adam Carricker, Nebraska defensive end. I don't remember. <laughs> Y'all drafted Carricker. Yeah, I don't. I can hardly remember him playing for them at all. It, it, there were there were guys up and down the roster there that you think, all right, great, and then you never see them again. So I I could care less about first round picks. Yeah, They'll be I fine as long as Les Snead is general manager of the LA Rams. I'm I'm totally content that we're our future is fine regardless of anything. No, no, I, 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 and I, and I agree. Like this whole season, I'm like, this is not because of like the way the NFL set up. You literally can't buy teams. Like you just can't yeah. do it. If so, Dallas, Dallas would have the great, the best team every year, year in and year out. Yep. If yeah. if it was the, the MLB situation, so yeah, they'd be uh, the Yankees. I'm know. glad. I'm glad you suggested that subject because it was more fun than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> Clearly, I mean, it really was. on the issue, didn't I? Because these are these are like polar, not polar opposite teams, but it, but. These are like perceived as opposite teams, but then when you really look at it, it they're not. But that's again narratives, yeah. blah blah blah. You know, it's, it's 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 always going to be that way. But um, so I, I would say that like you consider the season a success at this point. Yeah, I mean, you're close. You got to be close. I, I mean, beating beating the Niners will always have a soft spot for me, but it doesn't really mean anything if we don't finish the job. And and I think I mean. I, I definitely don't discredit the Cincinnati Bengals, but but between them and the Kansas City Chiefs, this is the matchup you I, I think anybody problem, would right? prefer. But that's a dangerous mindset yeah. to have going into a game. It's, so. This is I think this is very close to when New England played the Giants. Like there's no there's a it's a no you have to win. Like I, I think really it's do. actually very very similar to when New England played the Rams in two thousand one. Uh, a, a oh, team, a, a team with an upstart coach, with a second-year quarterback, a really good defense, a oh lot of God. you know, a lot of veterans on the defense, a good front four, a good secondary, good safeties, a team that can force turnovers and throw a high-flying uh, offense with a bunch uh, of superstars off its game. It is eerily similar to 2001. It is very yeah. uncomfortable. Really I really hope we don't birth another you know dynasty and you know seven Joe Burrow Super Bowls. So <laughs> I think you were probably too young to break down the 2001 game, but like looking back and watching. And watching, but watching like what happened, like what would you, what what could have went different? What what happened in that game? 
Like what went wrong uh, in that? That's just game? that's just a defense throwing a, a an offense. Oh, the other great parallel is the Rams. Rams then and the Rams now are being coached by an offensive genius guru, just yeah. like Mike Martz was declared back in the it day. It was Martz that year. That's right. And, and you God. know, a good defense can throw a genius coach off his 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 pretty little game plan just like that. And it's it's my biggest concern. Again, like you say, okay. I have a complicated relationship with Sean McVay. You know. <laughs> And his Super Bowl track record so far is not very good. So, yeah. But so, hey, I think he, uh, here's the thing about the, the last McVay Super Bowl. I, I'm not saying that the coach isn't to blame, but I really think that Jared Goff really, sure. n- not to be mean, but he kind of shit the bed in that game. Like, I think McVay did. Yeah, I don't, I don't disagree with that either. I think McVay, um, I think McVay did not respond and, and, and golf well was to Belichick either. But, yeah. you know, uh, uh, it's, there is still, I mean, that, that Super Bowl, he had Brandon Cooks literally waving his hands wide open in the end zone, and he's threw that pass two seconds That's, too late. So, but what if I also tell you the other side of the ball, like if, if we're talking about credit and discredit, sure. McVay also held Tom Brady to nothing. Like yeah. nothing. Uh, Wade Phillips gets credit for that. Well, but that, they, you know. I'm saying, though, like it, you know what well, I mean? Well, hey, look, you know, Raheem Morris has got a, got a tall order ahead of him. I mean, he's got to find yeah. a way to contain Joe Burrow and, and, He's going to rely on a four-man rush probably to do that the way they did against San Francisco. Same thing as San Francisco. He didn't really change up his blitz packages to get pressure, even though they were getting no pressure. Luckily, in the fourth quarter, the levy breaks, and they finally start getting home. But is that going to happen with Joe Burrow? If, if they can't generate pressure and he starts panic? I mean, relying on the four-man rush might be a bit of an issue if oh, going over okay, the course of the game. Let's let's go ahead and transfer into the the Super Bowl preview here. Oh yeah, um, oh yeah. Right. I want I want to go back and do the 2001 game, but that's not fair. Yeah, uh, yeah. But that is that is a huge game in NFL history. Like that's it started sure. so many things, so many things you brought up. I still basically I think it boils down to that postseason. They decided there was a couple postseasons where they decided to let New England Patriots do whatever they wanted uh, in the secondary. <laughs> Uh, ask Peyton Manning. Ask Peyton Manning about pass yeah. interference calls. Like yeah. things really, things really changed uh, for that Super Bowl. But it is what it is. Um, you know, shout out Marshall Fox should have had more Super Bowls anyway. We'll talk about that here in Absolutely. a few minutes. Absolutely. So let's get into the Super. Let's. I'm trying to focus here. Okay, we get into the Super Bowl. So the first question I had was: Are you anxious or are you excited for this Super Bowl? I'm. Uh, I'm. I don't really know how I feel. <laughs> I, I. I think it's, it's tough, very, isn't it? The last two games have been emotionally exhausting to a level that I I don't really know how to react to this one, and also because I just can't I can't feel one way or the other about the Bengals. I can't feel like I I'm I'm too weary to to say oh I think they're going to be an easy opponent. I'm glad we got them. Like you know that's probably what everybody thinks playing them, and and that's a dangerous mindset. I I think they're a really good team, and I think Burrow is is here to stay for a very very long time, but. You know, at the same time, you know, matchup wise, talent wise, the Rams should win this game. I mean, this yeah. is to lose this game would be would be uh, to me it comes down to coaching. I mean, if Sean McVay gets out coached by Bill Belichick three years ago, that's one thing. But getting out coached by a dude who is your quarterback's coach four years ago is is an alarming problem, I think. And and. It's it's something that it's something that he has to he has to come with a better game plan. He has to be more flexible than he's been before. And above all, he has to not waste all of his goddamn timeouts because oh, the first half is one thing. But but to waste wasting all six timeouts in an NFC championship game is a blunder that he completely got away with uh, by by 
managing to he, win that game. He, he does the same thing. It's it's he gets into that mode where he's trying to like. It, I, I heard a. I did not say this. I believe I believe I heard Ryan Rosillo say it. He gets stuck in. Uh, he has to try and win his own way rather yeah. than just take what yep. the defense gives him. So my next question was, and this is it, like. Everybody, like we talked about Tampa Bay beating Kansas City last year. We can talk about what Cincinnati did versus Kansas City last week. Here's what they do. It's called prevent defense. They 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 rush three, maybe four. They drop yeah. eight or seven. That is it's not more complicated than that. That's what they did sure. to Kansas City for a half. And it completely for two game, two huge games in a row, Mahomes completely crumbled under a, basically a prevent defense. And and Andy Reid and the genius Eric Bieniemy and all these yeah. you know people. Um, just completely had no answer for it. So my question was, is because this is what they're going to do. I mean, if they if if they play a straight up game, the Rams sure. are better in most facets. So I mean, sure. seriously, we'll drop an eight into coverage, beat the Rams. Well, it yes, yes, yeah, you absolutely. Think so? I think I think that's the best way to beat them. Is it's the same sort of thing that Belichick did a few years ago, which is you just sort of if you play man defense, if the Bengals come out and rush four and play man they'll lose by two scores. But if they if they drop into some more zone coverages and and force Stafford to read, McVay's offense has never been built to to be good against zone defenses. And he's he's never proven that he can design routes that way. And and Stafford's mistakes come off him, you know, staring down a receiver in his zone and getting, you know, a, yeah. a linebacker yeah. crossing and jumping. 100%. The way the Rams win this game to me is doing what I keep saying that they should be doing every damn week, which is employing the strategy they've employed a few times this year, just bringing a six offensive lineman in. And if the Bengals want to drop eight and rush three or four or do whatever they want to do, then run it right up the middle with them. I, the, the, the unlikely Super Bowl MVP for me this game is Sony Michelle. I think, I think oh, he I probably good, deserved it a few odds. years ago. He is the best running back all around on the Rams roster. Cam Akers is more talented. He's going to be the guy of the future and all that. But three downs, pass pro, uh, scaring the defense into believing anything can happen on this down, it's Sony Michelle. And I, I think they need to run the rock with him. They need to set up their play-action passing game. They need to get the Bengals out of that hole. We're going to drop coverage because they've got a really good secondary, a really good veteran secondary that that makes plays and has made plays all playoffs that that have changed the course of their games and the the course of their season. So I think I think establishing a run game immediately, drive one, come out and 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 give a look that makes them go, oh shit, who are these guys? Because if they come out with six offensive linemen and start running dive plays right up the gut, wearing that defensive line down, I think that's their best chance to get the game going heavily in their favor. Yeah, I totally agree. I th- I think they have to. I kept, I, you know, I went back and I watched the Kansas City game. I'm like, oh my gosh, like they, when they say drop eight, like it's not like. It's not yeah. drop seven and have a linebacker. It was drop eight. And Kansas City got exposed for having a really crappy inside running game. You know, they, yeah. you know, uh, the the guy I kept praising, uh, who I keep calling by the wrong name, uh, McKissick or McKinnon. I always confuse those McKinnon. two guys because they're very similar running backs. Yeah. But they they used him great. But they they had nothing to to you know wear down the interior of the Bengals line. They just kept snapping the ball to Mahomes, and he kept running in circles and throwing it away. It was very confusing game plan. So yeah. the Rams can't play into the Bengals' hands like they did last week against San Francisco. And and that's that starts with Sean McVay. I think I think the Rams also have the advantage not advantage, but like I think that OBJ and Cup are both guys that you can get, you know, quick passes, some screens, yep. uh, you know, some smoke screens, some draws, like whatever you want to do. Um I think Michelle and Akers can both, you know, 
catching balls out of the backfield to take advantage yeah. of these of these soft zones. I, I I think if they commit to that, that okay, I'll put it this way. <laughs> If I if I'm assuming the Bengals are going to do what they did against Kansas City, which I think they have to, I think they have to go for sure. it and just try to take away everything yep. deep. I think the Rams could win an easier game with a lower score than they could a higher score. Like I see a world where the Rams just are patient, and take advantage of it, and kind of like the Patriots did for years, like yeah, and win a, a low scoring game, but it was never in doubt. Rather than if they try to fight that zone, they're turning the ball over. The Bengals are getting sudden changes. Yeah, maybe they run back a, a pick six. I think that's that's when you get into chaos. And once you get into chaos, anybody can win a game. Of course, of course. No, I I, I fully agree with that you you shared that clip with me yesterday that they said that they think you know your your buddy on your other show that said you know forcing a turnover is is how the Bengals are going to win this game. And if, uh, I mean, of course, that is that is yeah. their primary objective is forcing Matt Stafford to to do one of these turnovers. He hasn't had one in the playoffs yet that has been as costly as some of the turnovers he had during the regular season, you know, in that in that slump in the middle of the season where he was handing touchdowns to the defense or yeah, fumbling was- on our own 5-yard line. They he hasn't had a lot of those. So it, it, controlling the turnover game is, of course, the most important piece of that for the Rams. And and I worry because two weeks in a row, the Bengals defense have forced turnovers on screen passes, uh, yes. tipping the ball up. Uh, to, you know, Mike Hilton got one against the, the Titans, which I think was the play that completely ended that game for the Titans. You know, forcing a tip interception when you're at the other team's 20 yard line is a gut wrenching play. And then they got one last week, too. They get their hands up. When they yep. see a screen coming or they feel a screen coming. And I, I, I mean, the Rams are going to have to find a way because we love the screen game. We exactly. love those quick ones. They, they need to not, they need to be aware that, that the Bengals are attuned to, to stopping those passes. Yeah, I, I yeah, yeah, I, I agree. And I, but I think it also goes the same way for the Bengals. Like, if you look at some of their stats, they have thrown a bunch of screen passes and short passes. Like, like we're we're leaning towards the Rams here because obviously you're my Rams guy and all that. But the Bengals <laughs> do a lot. Of, but I'm saying the Bengals have a lot of these same. Uh, well, they have to. Uh, I mean, they have to like tendencies. They do a lot of that. Um, I, I love you know. We all love Burrow. We know what he's done. We know where he's at. But yeah. as far as like how he's actually played, he's made really big plays. But his overall play hasn't been off the charts. Sure. You know, sure. So he's running is- for his life. I mean, I it, mean, yes. want it. We're talking about the last year Super Bowl. I, I mean, a bad offensive line. They've done. I don't know. I mean, it's 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 one of the great. Co- we've done again. Zach Taylor, Coach of the Year, to me, absolutely. Yeah, I, the fact that he's managed to win three playoff games with an offensive line that bad is astounding to me but i mean that's a that's a that's a very thin ice to walk on for a football team even with a guy like joe burrow yeah i mean the titans sacked him nine times they had no business winning that football game it just ryan Tannehill pretty much coughed that game up to them in the worst possible way so i i mean i I expect it to be a close game but but if the rams defensive line specifically aaron donald i think this is i think this is aaron donald's reggie white moment it has to be he he's gotta he's gotta get a couple. He's gotta get yeah. home, and he can't wait till the fourth quarter to do it, or or somebody else has gotta do it for him. You know, Leonard Floyd needs to make a sack. You know, uh, uh, Sean Robinson, Greg Gaines has been playing out of his mind for the last ten weeks. It, it, someone else, it can't just be Aaron Donald. He's got to do his job, but somebody else also has to supplement him in the pass rush as well. Yeah, and and I think they will. I mean, I could, you know, again, I can see a world to where you know one of these other guys are the best player in the game because of what sure. they do. And, and we've said this about Donald how many times? Like, 
he can have an average game and, and somebody else yeah. can get off. And let's not forget about, you know, Von Miller out there. Like, of course, ex- he, this is, he was, he's made for this game. This is why he's yep. there. This is why he's in the league. Like this it's, is what he's, he's the done. guy. I mean, I, I think Leonard Floyd, done. I think Leonard Floyd's a guy who really needs to step up big in this game. Cause I think he's been pretty quiet these playoffs. And also Floyd is a guy who does a really bad job containing scrambling quarterbacks. So Floyd yeah. getting out of position on a couple of, he, he plays, uh, he plays the right side of the offense. So that's Burroughs rolling out to his strong side. If, if Leonard Floyd breaks contain and doesn't keep Joe Burrow in the pocket, you're going to watch Burrow find Jamar chase for a huge play down the sidelines. Yeah. I really hope that clip doesn't come back to be <laughs> very accurate. That, that leads me into my next question. Here's another question sure. I had for you. What's yeah. this, what's, what's the scariest thing about the Bengals? The one thing that you see that you're like, that's, that's the thing that scares me. I hate to be, I hate to, to be pick the obvious, but it's true. Burrow to chase is a, is a connection that is beyond football game planning. Those two guys, it's why I loved the pick. It's why I thought it was maybe the best pick in the draft last year, along with yeah. Michael Parsons, which is his, the, these guys understand each other in a way he, he throws passes to spots that, you know, this isn't something they've worked on in practice. This is something that, that these two guys just have with each other. They've done it which, since they like, not, yeah. to, not together. Totally. They've, they've done it, it just, in practice for five years. They're, they're yeah, way they ahead just, of the curve. They, they already know. So it's they're playing basketball. That connection. Like they're just, yeah, yeah, they're they're freestyling in the park together, basically. Yeah. So it's it's that's what I mean about if the if the Rams can't contain him with their defensive line, if they let him extend plays, their their symbiotic relationship that they're hooked up with yeah. in their brains, they will find each other, and and that's what scares me is because it it'll extend drives, you know, it'll it'll turn a third and third and eight into another set of downs, and that might lead to points. It'll it'll make cre- crucial plays throughout the game that will keep the Bengals comfortable and in it and extend drives. And that's what scares me is that, is that that it's all the little things adding up because of how in tune those two are. Yeah. It's a, I mean, it's, it's, it's the obvious one. Like a chase is, you know, sure. is, is everything. I agreed. So in the long term, I don't know if that was the right pick, but it doesn't matter. You're in a Super Bowl. Like that's all yep. again, again, yeah. that's all that matters. Get to the Super Bowl. I don't, I don't, I don't care about the offensive lineman. Uh, you know, we could talk about Joe Thomas in Cleveland. Yeah, yeah, great pick. That was well, absolutely the best pick. Let me of the ask draft. you this. Let Never me ask you this. Playoffs. Let me ask you this, Jeff. Do you think the Bengals would have gotten anywhere near where they are right now if they had taken Panay Sewell instead of Jamar Chase? No. Not even no, close. They, I don't they, even think they make the seven playoffs. win team. Maybe. Yeah, I think they probably I would think, be. I think we're saying they have a good future. Yeah. I think we're talking now about next year or the year after. Yeah, which gives yeah. they which, they have a central unit that they need to address, and that's it. Yeah. I mean, the only thing they need to really go back and, and bolster is their offensive line, kind of like Kansas yeah. City did last year. They could spend their whole draft on offensive linemen next year and, and feel good about yeah. themselves. Yeah, and like again, we saw the Patriots for years. Like we don't really remember every offensive lineman the Patriots had. They knew how to coach them. They kept Brady upright, and he took advantage. Yeah. It took advantage of it. No, I, I, I'm totally with you on that. It's crazy. So, yeah. uh, I don't know. Do you are do you want to make your predictions and stuff tonight, or do you want to keep it to yourself, or do you want to, to predict how the game? Will oh, go? I'll make one before we go. Uh, okay. Before the end of it, I'll I might as well. Okay, I might as well embarrass myself. So, so my next question is: How are you going to watch it? How because I've never had a team in the Super Bowl. Uh, how will you watch the? biggest game to the, with you know, as at- few people as possible because I am I am a mentally deranged lunatic when I watch my team <laughs> and I frankly I don't think I should be around other human beings when I do this because either it's going to be 
it's either going to be amazing for me and I'll cry like a baby at the end of, of joy, or I will be such a miserable jerk that I just, I shouldn't be around other people. Like, like my girlfriend's probably going to be like out of the room by the end of the night, one way or the other. So like, you know, her and I are going to watch the game. I'm going to text my buddies. You know, my buddy Chico is going to probably ignore me one way or the other until a few days later. But it, uh, I think I, you I and just Chico can't be around people. On the podcast. I think you and Chico need to come on the podcast. Maybe in a month or so after after the after the yeah, depending. <laughs> we'll see how the the game goes. One of us maybe won't want to participate, but uh, no, it, it's it, it, I'm just gonna try to I'm gonna try to keep my blood pressure low because uh, it's it's a dangerous situation. And for it's me. a long game. It just it drags out so long. Again, oh, like, again, yeah. it's like when we get when we go to the playoffs, the national championship game. I'm like. It's like playing two games. It really and, is. Well, also, Jeff, like I'm, I'm, a, I'm a huge fan of the people playing the halftime show, and I, I don't know if I'm going to be able to enjoy it. <laughs> I said the same thing. Everybody's like, oh, "It's going to be a great halftime show." I'm like, I haven't watched a halftime show in years because the first thing I do is either do a show or I'm breaking down yeah. or I'm t- tweeting. Uh, I'm like, this you're going to have best. to call me during the halftime show just for an impromptu cell phone. This is you know, the s- second check-in. biggest halftime show. Prince is my number one. Probably. I don't, yeah. I don't even care what happens uh, Sunday night. It's my number two halftime show of all time. Yeah. Like because of just everything it means, and oh, you think honestly, I still think I'm, there's a special guest? I think they're gonna, I think they're gonna throw an extra, extra person. Which I, I don't think know my guess it. is that Kendrick Lamar probably just brings down the house. I think that I think so. I mean, oh my, so my, my uh, Kendrick Lamar singing. I know, it's, right? It's it, I said. Singing. I don't know how I, they I got him. And it's <laughs> at an Walker LA Rams, Pella, yeah. at an LA yeah. Rams home Super Bowl. What has yeah. happened? In this my prediction. World? I gotta put it on the record right now. Is my prediction is that if there is a special guest to join i don't know how you fit a six person and a five person set but if there is a special guest my pick is anderson pack will show up because he's west coast he works with dre and kendrick lamar he's got a lot of music with those guys so he's also multi-talented instrument wise so if there's anybody who shows up in the middle that wasn't originally planned he's west coast i'll tell you he's got west coast he's got connections with the people he plays a lot of instruments he could slide in anywhere in that oh man i'm really big fan i'm i'm so excited for it it's gonna be good um Man, that was a good halftime. That was a good halftime break that's from the football said, talk there, right? <laughs> yeah, that's what I said. This this game is just so like just so much fun. Like I'm really looking forward to it more. There's than, a reason I took Monday off work because it's yeah. gonna I'm I'm gonna need a, at least a full twenty four. I used season. to do that all time. And I've got the like I personally have the upside of Okay, I'll, I'll say it. I'm leaning Rams because of the the fans I know, because I like the team okay. and all that. I am not okay. rooting against my mother or my son. <laughs> my, my wife's going to listen to this and slap me in the face. I am not. I'm not against the Bengals. But the other side to me is Monday morning. Like, I'll know so many people that are happy if the Bengals would win it. Like, I'll know sure. so many people that are happy. Yeah, That'll look, help. hey, look, one of my one of my closest friends is a Bengals fan. And I love him. And it's like, it it's like <laughs> I will hurt. I will hurt so deeply and so badly. But yeah. I will also call him immediately and be like, congratulations. Yeah, man. exactly. Like, if, if I'm going to lose really cool any matchup. 31 other teams in the league, if I'm losing to any of them, uh, the Bengals yeah. are maybe one of the only ones that I'm OK with. Yeah. As long as they hold up their end of the deal, because sometimes these teams do that and they act like that. And then as soon as they, they win, they they give you the middle finger and they're like, yeah, <laughs> you know, the first thing they'll say is overrated. And it's, let me tell you right now, Dan Felt, yeah. as soon as you hear overrated, you're going to be ready to fight everybody in the room. <laughs> I don't know my buddy Chico. He probably take me. I think. <laughs> I think. I said. I said fight. Hard. I didn't say win. I say that all the time. Oh, okay, that's true. That's true. Oh, no, I'm on record for saying I'll fight Tom Brady. He will beat the snot out of me. 
Like, but at least like, you fought him. At least, yeah, yeah, I, I can take an ass whooping. So, Jeff, are we going to talk about? We got to talk about who do you, who do you who do you think is who do you want to win the Super Bowl out of this these two rosters? Like, what guys on the on the rosters do you? I like great question, Dan. Like, do um, you want to see like Aaron Donald ring? Of course, Aaron, I want Aaron Donald. I want. I like Cooper. Uh, Cup, I like associated I've, Matt Stafford, obviously. The Stafford, obviously. Sure. Um, uh, Whitworth. Um, oh, really, the, the, I mean, hundred percent. Yeah, to, totally uh, with him. It's far, yeah. Honestly, on the Bengals side, it's a little different. Like I'm not rooting against them, but they're sure. uh, so many of them are so young and haven't yeah. been there that like I don't feel this need of it's like not really oh, any veterans that you're like oh that guy that'd yeah. be cool. Like this I would like cool. to see Von Miller. If I okay, if Von Miller plays well, sure, I would like to see him get another one to solidify. Like, man, that would be two of them on his resume, yeah. and and yeah. and people really start looking at him as what he's what he's did as far as a long, game changer. Long, long shot for for MVP. You think? Oh, he's absolutely, what, he's yeah. One. He's got one. Um, if it's, a, if I, it's a rough game, I mean, but I, I'll tell you straight up, I really want Sean McVay and Stafford to get one. I really, I because here's why: I like Sean McVay because. I'm a guy that likes his style of coaching. I like his style of offense. I like it. I like the youth and all that. So I would love to see, but I'm not against Zach Taylor. Like if he wins it, I'll be like, oh, of course. Yeah. Awesome. But I really want Stafford and McVay. Like I will feel really good for Stafford. I've, I've been on Stafford's side the whole time he yeah. was in Detroit. I swore yeah. that by the time he retired, he'd probably have every NFL record. He may still, he's, yeah. he, honestly seems like a guy who gets it. I don't find him as disingenuous. I find him as like, no, I think he gets it, but I think he's also, I think he's also honestly humble as to where he's like, no, yeah. I've made a, I've made a ton of money. I could, he could probably retire tomorrow and not, not be miserable. Sure. Uh, you know what I mean? So it's just something about him. I, I could be totally wrong. The guy might be well, totally. I mean, that's kind of the funny thing about the two teams, right? Is that you're right. The Bengals are, are a young team with a lot of sort of middling veterans that, that, mm-hmm. you know, they, they haven't made big signings. They're, they're, they're stars are their youth. So, the Rams seemingly are the team that have all the guys that you'd like to see win a Super yes. Bowl. J. Cup, Stafford, you know, Whitworth, of course. I think Whitworth more than anybody. Uh, you know, Aaron Donald, uh, Von Miller again for a second one. Jalen Ramsey getting a Super Bowl ring would, I think, solidify his Hall of Fame career just Absolutely. about. Absolutely. Uh, but above all, Eric Weddle is, is, I think, the story of the playoffs. Eric Weddle, one of the greatest safeties of the past 20 years, uh, Hall of Fame, absolute Hall of Famer to me. Walked onto the team in the playoffs after being out of the game for two years. He played every snap against San Francisco, led the team in tackles. And he's now, I don't know if people know this, he's got the green dot for the Super Bowl. He's calling plays for the for the Rams defense in the Super Bowl three weeks after coming off the couch. I did not know that. Remarkable. I mean, I mean, maybe one of the craziest stories I, I can remember in any sport playoff run any championship run ever really a hall of fame guy after two years not playing the game at all and he was not he did not look good in 2019 when he played with the Rams. he really was highly suspect there's a reason why they didn't make the playoffs that year he's i mean if he played like he did this playoffs back then he would have had a completely different season so it's a hell of a job it's maybe the most amazing it is an unbelievable story it's actually it is it's it's an unbelievable story because when they brought him when they brought him on when a fuller gets hurt i'm like okay they need a guy on the roster no this guy's playing and i didn't i did not know that he was going to get the green dot that's that's just he also came in because taylor rapp has a really bad concussion and has been suffering for that for about three weeks 
Uh, he is Taylor Rapp supposed to be back for the Super Bowl, but he's not getting his job back because Eric Weddle has clearly earned the right to run the defense and played his ass off against San Francisco. You know, he played a really nice game. He again leads led the team in tackles against the Niners and and made a couple of hits in the backfield. He made one stop on on third or fourth down in the backfield. That that was one of the plays of the game, honestly. So uh, it's crazy. It's it, it it seems unfair. It's like a video game that you just like the guy comes out of retirement, you just plop him in the roster. And he's Eric just Weddle has the has the greatest hold my beer moment and well, I don't yeah. in, in one of the yeah, NFL. Just gonna casually gonna go win a Super Bowl with the team. Bye. Let's see you yeah. see you in the month, honey. Like it's like Jim Plunkett oh. back in the day. Like basically, sure. you know, could barely make it in football. He's forty, whatever, like forty years old. Wins the Super Bowl. Watch, like, watch Brady in a year from now. Some team's quarterback gets hurt week seventeen. I can and, see this. Okay, I can well, see. I'll it. join the you know. I'll join whoever and, and win a Super Bowl. Bengals or whatever. So, yeah. Why not? No, you're right. You're right. Uh, man, that, that's it, it. That's what I said. It's both rosters have so many stories. Like, I'll be happy for all the Buckeyes on the Bengals roster that, you know, they won oh, yeah. a national championship for me to, to see him do that. I, I really will be excited for it. Um, that's what I said. I think the storylines just are just oozing out of this thing. I, I really I'm surprised because the Bengals aren't they're not the flashiest team in football for over the last couple decades that every kid doesn't walk around wearing Bengals gear but it's funny because like I think if like a team like Jacksonville goes to the Super Bowl the narrative is like uh, it's boring but something about this Bengals team like people have latched onto like they really like yeah and it's just across the country they like they like this Bengals team it's not like a boring Super Bowl. They, it doesn't feel like they ruined our chance to get Mahomes it feels like people are really enjoying Chase and Burrow and these Bengals and it's pretty wrong. Like, like in terms of the narrative, the Rams are the super team and the Bengals are the underdog. My entire life, I would root for a team like the Bengals always in every sport, in every level. I'd always root for the Bengals. I just if this was Bengals Packers. If this was yeah. Bengals Packers, ninety percent of the world is. If this was Bengals Niners, which it almost was, my face would be painted with stripes right now. I mean, yeah. it. it I would root for them a thousand times a thousand and the Rams are exactly the kind of team I've always hated, but they just happen to be my team. Finally, after 20 something years, but of what's fans. cool about this game though, what's cool about this game though. It could like, we've talked about this on the, you know, these playoffs have been amazing. This yeah. honestly has the potential kind of like last year's NBA playoffs to where you got the bucks and the Suns and all this to where it can reach a level to where it's like, let's just watch the game and enjoy it. And when it's over, like, honestly, both quarterbacks are like a eh, good game. Like it on, I will it leave that to all of you to just watch it, and enjoy it. Oh no, no, you, yeah, you're going to be a mess. I'm like, going to be dying. So it don't feel for you. And I'm not the type of guy, like I won't be texting or anything. Like I, maybe four <laughs> days later, whatever happens four days later, I'm like, unless we win, everybody just hit me up. If we win, then, <laughs> then yeah, absolutely. hundred percent. So, uh, no, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to it. I've, I've, I've had a lot of fun, super week kind of building up to yeah. it. Oh yeah. So, so uh, an, 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 a, another subject, eventually sure. we're going to get Dan's prediction out here, but we're All not going right. to force it. Right. We're yeah. going to talk about, you know, here's what we talked about the narrative. Like if the Bengals win this game immediately, it's going to be, are they the best team in the AFC for the next 10 years? Just like it was um, Kansas City a few years ago, if the Bills yep. were the one. So I brought up the subject and you brought this up like dynasties that didn't happen, like teams that we thought were going to start oh, yeah. a, a run and it just didn't it didn't work out. And I love the subject. So all this week I've done top five list. I've done greatest of list. So me and Dan are going to break down the yeah. just the dynasties that didn't happen. Um, 
so I kind of just, this, this is just some of my criteria and everything. And then I'll get Dan's side of it and we'll discuss right. this. I kind of looked at my criteria as like, I think you have to have two Super Bowl victories. Sure. And, uh, <clears throat> but more than that, I, I think, I think you need to go to like at least three conference championship games. Yeah. I would like to see you win like 68% of your games, which is roughly 11, 11. Well, it used to be 11 and five now, maybe whatever you know something like the more calculators than, out again yeah uh, here we i go. did i actually got a calculator more than 10 game average for a good while right. i'd like i'd like for it to be a f- more a five-year or longer run but there sure. are a few on here like we'll talk about like the 70s dolphins like you can't deny their three-year super bowl run that was so yeah. amazing so but uh, i'd like for it to be and dallas had about a four-year run back in the yeah. 90s but it was so dominant that you can't deny what they did so that that was negotiable, and I like for you to have a core star of players. Like I'd like for you know, of course, quarterbacks or maybe yeah. a running back, but just a few guys that carried through the dynasty, which is what San Francisco did. I think San Francisco in their sure. first four Super Bowls, I believe they had four guys that played on every Super Bowl team over, yeah. I think, an eleven year span or something like that. Right. So that's just kind of my my criteria. And then some of the actual dynasties I spit out was the eighties San yeah. Francisco. I think that's my number. You know, you got that. You got the nineties Cowboys. Uh, I had Steelers. the 20 years of Patriots and then the yeah. 70 Steelers. Yeah. So, um, and so now, uh, so that, that's, a, that's where my thought process was. So like, take us through like how you see dynasties and stuff. And we'll, we'll, we'll kind of get to the, the, well, what if dynasty speaking, I think you got to win at least three, um, oh, okay. you know, two is an awkward number. I, I think, I mean, two, two doesn't really seem to happen all that often. Actually, really, you don't see a lot of team. Most teams that get two end up pretty much going for three. It seems like apart from maybe the, the dolphins in the seventies where they got two and I think lost the third, they lost the first one. They lost the first one. There you go. And then they won the two, uh, you know, the Cowboys had three Niners had five. The Steelers had four, you you know, the Patriots end up with two sets of three, which makes six, I guess. Although it does seem like that those, I mean, the only guy on both those sets of three was pretty much Brady. That's a good question. I think they actually had had two dynasties. I, I kind of feel that way as well. I mean, I mean, to be fair, in the middle of those, in between those two sets of three, they also made two more Super Bowls and lost both of them. Yeah, and then also made multiple other Super Bowls and lost those as well. But it's, um, <laughs> I agree, I agree. Uh, so, uh, you know, the, the team that I mean, the, the late Broncos are maybe the only two Super Bowl team that I can remember. Um, you know, even the Giants one, I think three under Parcells did they not and the and, and the Washington former just two under player. just two just two under Parcells and then Coughlin coached the, the Sorry, next two. Washington won three if I remember with Joe Gibbs, Gibbs right Gibbs did win three yes so oh you know what I, I forgot about Washington yeah what a run maybe the-, the most underrated dynasty and you know why because they didn't have any star quarterback they you know the you know Riggins was an three old different quarterback at that mm-hmm. point three different quarterbacks three different Super Bowls Eisman Williams and uh Rippins. I mean they're that nobody remembers Washington's dynasty because their their superstar players were their offensive line, which no one, of course, appreciates or remembers. So, um, but are we? I mean, you want me to name any other dynasties, or do you want me to name the ones that could have been? I in in my no, I, I like that. I, I I like your criteria. You're a little stricter than I was, but you're also more lenient on the players. So I think we kind of evened out on that. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Like like 
like Washington doesn't really fit my criteria. But then I think about it, like I totally forgot about Washington winning that. You know why I probably forgot about it? Because Washington, their first one, beat the Dolphins, and I tried buried that in my head. That was the famous John Riggins, famous John Riggins run. Marino's only appearance was it not? No, Marino was the next year against the 49ers. Oh, so the the year before that was Don Strock, which is oddly enough, my son played with his nephew. That's just a weird side note. Fun fact. Okay. Yeah. So Don Strock was the starter that year. And then Marino took over the next year from Strock. Actually, Marino didn't. I don't I believe if I'm correct, Marino didn't even play his whole rookie season. He he took the job and then, you know, went to the Super Bowl. Yeah, and still yeah, well, hey, look, I bet, I bet, I bet at that point in time they went, oh, this guy's going to be back again and again. He's on my list. So you yeah. you start with some of yours, like I don't know how you want to say it. What went wrong? The what ifs that didn't happen or whatever. Dynasty. Uh, well, I'll start more recently. I mean, I, I just to be controversial, I'll say Kansas City right now is flirting with I, uh, disaster in the dynasty category because they were crowned a dynasty after one, and then one. Mike Wilbon on part of the interruption continuously calls them the dynasty of one. He might be right uh, after after the way things have gone these past couple of years. Um, I think Atlanta was a team I really thought would hang around a bit longer. I thought they were hitting their stride, but at the same time. Losing a Super Bowl in the manner they did to lose a championship that way, I think, destroys a franchise, truthfully. So I, I really thought Atlanta and Matt Ryan were going to find a groove and, and be back maybe at least one more time. Uh, the Eagles of the early 2000s, you know, what was it, four or five NFC championship game appearances? They only won wow, they, they did only not go to one list. Super Bowl and, and, five and NFC they play nothing. Games. Yeah, and they go one and four, and they lose the Super Bowl. I mean, it's a hell of an effort in the Super Bowl. It's one of the great Super Bowl games ever. But the Eagles are are definitely a missed opportunity there. The Rams, the, the greatest show on turf. They end up only yeah. going to two Super Bowls, and they lose the second one, and then they make maybe the worst quarterback decision in the history of football by picking <laughs> Mark Bolger over Kurt Warner, and and thus began the dark ages of it being was so a Rams. weird though because Bolger had that great year. Yeah, uh, we think Warner's done with the New York Giants. He'll never play again. And then sure. a couple of years later, Bulger's hurt, not you know, basically out of the league. And what Warner's happens when he doesn't in an offensive line is is yeah. what that is. And, and one of the reasons why the Bengals so fortunate to be where they are right now absolutely cannot wait. I mean, look at Kansas City. What was the first thing they did after last year's Super Bowl? Went and bought an entire new offensive yeah. line to protect their quarterback. So Bulger was the greatest. I think the greatest example of a shell shock quarterback, a guy who was literally seeing ghosts by the end of his career and couldn't complete a pass. So. The Rams really missed out. I mean, all that you got, you have three, four Hall of Famers on the same offense. The quarterback, and, not, back and not only that, they were they were destroying people. Like I, I actually, I yeah. think you know, we talked we talked about the uh, the third, you know, the second Super Bowl that they lost. I thought the next year in the NFC Championship game, what's the Buccaneers? Yeah. Like that was the uh, was Carolina. Carolina oh, no. beat us in overtime. If I no. Yeah. I, it might have been 02 or 03, but that was the year that Steve Smith took a slant in overtime and ran yes. 80 yards to send I us apologize. Home. I'm, I'm glad I brought both those memories back to you. And then but, I think it was 04 was the year that Michael Vick ran for 200 yards in, in yes. the NFC Divisional but those, round. Those, those, I, touchdown those games it. are the ones that I consider like brought down the dynasty. Like the Super Bowl, if yeah. you lose a Super Bowl, I, don't, I do not hold that against you greatly but if you lose sure. an nfc an nfc or afc championship game when you're like like you talked about the eagles or those rams teams like that rams sure. team was they weren't a fluke like they were so good they were so loaded the offense was so perfect hall of famers across the board you know yeah. it just like what could have been and then all of a sudden you're like it, you had one of the greatest teams ever which is awesome yeah yeah but you, they're also 
nothing came out of it and it didn't spurn into anything else. Like it didn't last 10 years. Like you said, it no. crumbled pretty quickly. They had like about, it, it just, it was, it was the, and that happens. Really, really I mean, the weird. hardest thing I think all the time. I think because of the hard cap in the NFL and the salary and, and the way the player movement occurs in free agency in the NFL, it's so hard to sustain success. I, it's why I really think Belichick is by far one of the probably the greatest coach in any sport ever anywhere. To keep it going I mean, for 20 years. Him and Brady, they needed each other both. But but the fact that he was able to build a roster that won three Super Bowls, went to a couple more, although lost, and then built another you know, four championship appearances and three more in over the course of 20 years is unbelievable. They nine Super Bowls. Yeah, that, that is ridiculous. And, and like I said before, none of the players on the last three or four were on the first three or four. They were all different players, so it's it's and, it's, and and not a lot of Hall of Famers either. Like honestly, like not a lot oh, of like like star talent outside of Brady. I don't know how many of the Hall of Famers they'll be up for. You know, maybe. As soon as he gets traded away, he becomes average. Like he was it, done. I thought he was. You know, yeah. he was, he was, I, I think a guy over. like I think there's a guy like Brewski was really good. Vrabel was really yeah. good for a long time. Uh, so yeah. some of them, just because I'm older, a few more that I had. You already sure. brought up the '84 Dolphins. I can remember being a kid. Marina loses the Super Bowl as a. He was probably about 22 years old. We just assumed that we would go to five more Super Bowls. Yeah. Marina was going to win three of them. Not only that, he only got back to the AFC Championship game, I think, twice. Uh, really, ne- really never. St- and then that was the 90s. Bills was one of them. Like, never sure. sniffed the Super Bowl game. And then when it was all said and done, I was like, wow, what happened? Like, this guy won 11 games every year for yep. 15 years and and nothing. So, like, that was one. We had, I mean, we had Super Duper. We had Mark oh, Clayton. Yep. We're missing. We're missing maybe the most obvious recent one in the same vein, which is 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 Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. I oh yeah, mean, no, he's on my list. It it he they looked like the he was here to stay, and and they've won 10, 12, 13 games year after year, uh, all the time, and we haven't seen him even play. And when another. he beat Steelers, when he beat the Steelers that night, everybody was yep. like, oh, "Nobody will beat this guy." Crown like, the I, king, yeah, here he is. He, yeah, and this is what I'm. This is what I'm saying about Burrow. Like, like don't take for granted what's happening yeah. you know, Sunday night because you don't know. You just aren't guaranteed. Twenty anything. years from now, we might be going. Remember the one time Joe Burrow made the Super Bowl and, yep. and lost or won or whatever. I mean, you know, uh, Green Bay, not just Aaron Rodgers, but how about Brett Favre? I mean, there's another version. I had, I had, I had the Brett Favre Packers on here. They go they back the next year. They lose to John Elway. Never see him again. Never gets anywhere yep. near it. So never, get, I mean, never gets back. Like you should, nothing's guaranteed. I also had the Elway Broncos, the first version of the Elway Broncos. Yes. Like when they yep. make it in '86, like okay, they lose in '86, they should win in '87. Yep. They get blown out again in '87. They make it back, they get destroyed. One of the worst defeats I've ever seen in '89 by the 49ers. Mm-hmm. It takes ten years for Elway to get back and win his two Super Bowls, which was awesome. But it was just yeah. another one of those like the dynasty that never happened. Um, just it just. It, it's pretty, it's, it's how the NFL works. It's crazy. Yeah. Look, uh, I'll tell you a quick story, which is that three years ago when the Rams were in the Super Bowl, uh, my girlfriend, she says to me after the game, because I'm demoralized. Oh, I mean, not as broken as I should have been because it was the worst football game ever to watch. And and by it's the end of it, I was, defeated. I, was, I was just kind of like, well, this sucked, like all around sucked. And she looked at me and she goes, yeah, but you guys are good, you know, and, and you'll be back. <laughs> and I remember looking at her and I just went, I love you, but you don't understand how absolutely incorrect that is. As a you have no idea. There is. We may never smell this again. I mean, she's obviously right now. So clearly I should have had more faith, but 
at the time, that's what I thought was, was this may be the only experience I have in, for the next, I might be 60 the next time they're in the Super Bowl. Yeah, um, no idea. Yeah, that might be the case. We, we lose on Sunday. I'll be said, I'm not going to be sitting there going, next year's the year. I'm going to be going, oh crap, this yeah. team will look completely different because you can't keep everybody. And I have no idea how long it will be until another chance happens again, right? Yeah. So the moral of the story is you like the 90, the 90s Bills are the biggest example. Four yeah. straight Super Bowls, no victories. Yeah. Like one of the, and actually they were, they were really good for, I think, six years, if I remember correct. Cause Cincinnati actually beat the Bills in the playoffs to go to the Super Bowl in 88. Um, yeah. Just dominant and nothing. Like, yeah. like nothing but, yeah. nothing but revolutionized offensive football in the, yeah. in the NFL. And, Nothing to Nothing show for it. So, I mean, hey, same- look, offensive geniuses, you know, it's really not a track record of. Oh, of wow. It's starting to get now. Well, I mean, it's the truth, though, right? Like, like McVay's changed the sport, and I think his impact on the league is far greater and will yeah. appear to be far greater in, in the coming years. I'll just than- look at the other sideline, Zach Taylor. Yeah, the guy on the other sideline is is one of his assistants. The you know Green Bay's head coach, who's won you know seventy five percent of his games already, is you know a former assistant of his too. His every person that he touches, the offensive coordinator for the Rams is supposed to become the head coach of the Vikings or something like that. Like, you know, it's it's he he's changing the game, but it doesn't mean that he's guaranteed to 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 win one. You know, right. Marv Levy changed the sport. He got no Super Bowl rings. For I mean, him. it took Andy Reid. 25 years or yeah. whatever. I mean, it's there's nothing guaranteed. And you read how to play in eight conference championships or something before he finally, you know, he wins two of them. And and he's been to, what, three Super Bowls? He's won one of them. So you yeah. can be a great coach and not win big games. It happens. But, yeah. you know, you're right. Don't don't take it. I mean, you can be the weird, the weird giants. You win eight games a year and have two Super Bowls. Like, it doesn't sure. it doesn't make any sense. Like, yeah, I mean, Tom the Giants almost this way. Yeah, like how? <laughs> Eli Manning won two Super Bowls and averaged, I think, eight, eight and a half wins a year. Like, it, there's just, there's no rhyme or reason to this shit. Sure. That's for sure. Yeah. That's uh, why we, so, that's why we love this stuff, Jeff. That's, that's what brings us back. We do. We do. And I hope you remember that, Dan. I hope you remember that of here course. in a few days. Uh, uh, all right, right man. Yeah. Before we get out of here, first of all, all right. I, first of all, I got to take a minute to reflect on this was a great season for Jeff and Dan. I think this is our fifth oh, show. We tried to divide the season up into quarters. Yeah. That we did a we did a playoff report. Uh, Dan wouldn't talk to me for a couple of weeks when the, the Rams were in a bit of a, were yeah. a bit of a. Uh, actually, I'm we caused. I, I apologize. We caused the losing streak in the middle of the season. Yep. Still feel yep. bad all about that fault. one. All your fault. Um, but we changed some things up. We we yep. we made halftime adjustments. We changed it up. Now we got the Rams in the Super Bowl. I feel good about it. But we're a second half podcasting team, is what we are. <laughs> That's it. That's you exactly know? right. So That's right. I sincerely want to thank you for doing this with me this year. It's it's been a blast to uh, to you know have a partner I can count on and, and have some really great football conversation, man. And man, I, uh, I I love doing this. I love talking sports. I you know all my other podcasts and writing and stuff is is not sports related so to let loose and come here i'm, I'm happy to do it anytime you can bring me back whenever you want yeah yeah oh definitely definitely um i hope it's really soon if you know what i'm saying but if yeah. not 
we'll we'll figure it out. You, here's the thing, me and you both like I don't feel like we're going to break down like third round NFL draft. Like that just doesn't feel yeah, like a, well, and clearly I have nothing to talk about at the top of the draft either. So, uh, you know. Sure you guys don't have a draft pick till 2030, yeah, so it really doesn't no. matter. But uh but anyway, it's been a blast, man, and I'm, I'm looking forward to Sunday. I wish you the the absolutely best of luck. I sincerely you want me to, you want me to give my prediction. I do, I do. Okay. I know what it's like. I'm just saying, I know what it's like to have a team in the game. It's yeah. it's not easy. Wish you the best of luck. So Thank now, you. without further ado, Dan, <laughs> what is your prediction for Super Bowl? Um, you know, of course, declaring again that I'm I'm so prepared to be wrong because if I was if I was ever right, then I would be a millionaire betting. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna uh, the the number in my head is 34-21 for the Rams, uh, and I think that the score won't reflect how close the game actually is. Like 34-21 to me is it's 27-21 in the middle of the third fourth quarter, and the talent uh, like like with the Niners game, the levy breaks, the talent prevails, and and the Rams get one more to put it away, and it's just too much. I just, I mean, it it has to be such a monumental coaching collapse to to lose to the Cincinnati Bengals with a second year quarterback and a rookie receiver when you're when you're marching seven Hall of Famers out there at least it, it's. So to me, I think it's a tight game, but I just think over 60 minutes that 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 the talent will will just give them the extra score they need to put it away. Um, so yeah, 34-21 Rams is is my is my educated educated but really uneducated guess. So no, I th- I think I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Uh, who's your Super Bowl MVP? If you if you think they're scoring 21 points, I think you think Aaron Donald. If, if if they score 34 points, if the Rams score 34 points, then by default it's Matt Stafford. Easily, uh, that's I mean, fair. If it's a tight game, uh, the only way it's not Burrow or Stafford is if it's a score where both teams are under 20 points. If it's 20, well, to I'm assuming. 17, I'm assuming. Then yeah, I'm giving the Rams defense a touchdown. So th- uh, really, I'm getting yeah, well, and and you're 34 points. I'm giving the Rams defense a touchdown. Okay, okay. Uh, I'd or, love to see or, that. Or a quick or a quick change, like. You know, maybe they get a fumble in the touchdown. Five. I think it's yeah. I think it's I think it's a uh, it's Von Miller rolling off the the blind yeah. side for a strip sack. Which which honestly, if that's the way this game goes, then you might actually see Von Miller be the first guy to ever win defense win Super Bowl MVP twice as a defensive player. Which 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 would be amazing. Well, I'm all fair for enough. it. So. Fair enough. Fair enough. So, um, Dan, give everybody your Twitter handle so they can they can. Um, <laughs> I would say encourage you, but we know Twitter. They're probably just going well, to. Yeah, if you if 80 minutes and counting of me ranting uh, isn't enough for you and you for some reason are a masochist who wants more. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at disinformed Dan. I, I wear my I wear my knowledge on my sleeve uh, and I'm the host of the Assorted Goods podcast. Uh, just a weekly or biweekly dive into an interesting topic from from something going on in the world. I'm the co-host of the fucking A podcast, comedy podcast with with my good buddy Matt. Him and I just shoot the shit and enjoy things. So uh, both of those, check those out. Whatever your your bag is in terms of listening pleasure, there's there's something for you. Um, so yeah, follow along. Go Rams. Uh, <laughs> much love to my buddy Chico, who, by the way, I will plug him as well because, again, he yes, is please a do. wonderful sports writer. Uh, make sure you follow him. He is at Chico, C-H-I-C-C-O underscore N- on Twitter, uh, he, he does wonderful work. He's a great writer. He's a he's a great longtime friend of mine, and and I would be very upset, but uh, somewhat happy with silver lining <laughs> if his Bengals beat me. So uh, so please please check him out as well, especially if you're a basketball fan. 
He's one of the great basketball minds around. Oh, so, uh, okay. Okay. Well. I think I know. I think I know a place. Uh, you know, a couple know, of basketball. I think people. I might know a couple of basketball. You know uh, and, and delete that. I'm Jeff. I'm Jeff needs sports. Um, go to off the ball network. Check out all the other guys. I've put out a ton of content this week uh, for the Super Bowl preview. So go back and look some of the other stuff I've done. You can find all my stuff on Jeff needs sports at any, anywhere you get your podcast. Again, go check out Dan. Go check out me. Go check out Chico. Jeff's stuff is wicked as well, all right? Make sure you're always here for his show. Yeah, we're we're, we're having a great time. Again, thanks to Dan. Uh, Enjoy the Super Bowl, everybody. Be kind to each other. Um, Just try to take four hours off again. Rest your brain. Have a fun (laughs) game. Eat more more, more sodium and fat than you should probably in a yearly allowance. And uh, just kind of let it go for a night. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for being here. And we will see you soon.